Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. This is High on the Hog, the podcast. I'm here with um, uh, Joanna Belson, our cannabis connoisseur, our cannabis consultant, our marketing whiz, along with Janice Hardoon from Koreatown Collective. And this show is brought to you by um, uh, Koreatown Collective, and I'm Merrill Schindler. And every show, we try to introduce you to the wild and wacky and really wonderful world of CBD and THC. They do so much for you. The miracles are just beginning. And as something that's taking off, it's pretty apparent that big business is going to take it over pretty soon. Right now, it's been the Wild West. You know, lots of little companies popping up in essentially people's kitchens. But um, something big is going to be happening out there. I know that a number of liquor companies have invested some serious bucks. I know that some major players in different industries, like a VP, as I recall, of Yahoo, has gone over to one of the companies. And uh, it can't be long before Big Tobacco finds their way in, at which point, what happens, Janice? What happens then? Big Tobacco has already found its way in. Um, You have companies that started with vape pens. Um, They've tried to come in and go into Vapor World thinking that that they were making their e-juice for their vape pens is the same demographic and same market as the cannabis vape pen world, and they're finding that that's not successful. Um, in the state of California, when they started this whole licensing and permitting, they actually gave the people that were in California, the small mom and pop shops, or whatever, a five-year head start on what was going to be the tobacco companies coming in um, into the the business. So it go right the clock sunsets, I believe, in 2022, and then you'll have these huge licenses that you can get for big cultivations, and that they've set aside for these huge industries to come in. Um, I'm not sure if the tobacco companies, when they're making their own tobacco, if they think it's going to be so easy for them to come in and cultivate cannabis the same way, because it's two different agricultural products. Um, So that doesn't work. Um, And then uh, for them to come in, they'll probably just want to buy probably large cultivation sites because they've got to really start all the way back with the seed. I would think it'd be pretty easy to turn their manufacturing facilities over from filling cigarettes into filling like a pre-rolled joint. It's a totally different product. So number one, they don't have any education in what is cannabis and the leaf and the flower that goes into that is a different thing than tobacco. And it's the way they try to target their markets. It's a different market segment. Are they going to go back? I wasn't there in the 50s to tell you when the tobacco company started with tobacco and the nicotine, and the nicotine was the addictive agent in tobacco. What do, what is, what do you think the tobacco companies have in store to make you addicted to cannabis? Are they going to put some agent in there to where you're yearning for it? Because cannabis is not addictive. I mean, you may need it because you're using cannabis so you don't take your pharmaceutical pill, your pain pill, your anxiety drug, or something like that. So you may be replacing it. So 
you're not addicted to the cannabis. What you're doing is still trying to take over and change your body and, and break that chronic habit you had of the pain or whatever you're treating with your pharmaceutical. So I'm not exactly sure how you take an organic plant that's full spectrum and then may add something into it that's an additive because as you see from California and the track and trace system, how are you gonna infuse that into a product? Hopefully they've thought about those safeguards the people at the labs know what they're testing for, so everything's got to be run. And every six months, they keep upgrading more things that you're going to test. So you're not going to have the poisons and stuff. Right, and you need to ensure all the labs from Northern California to wherever New York are all having the same baseline testing. There's not baseline testing, but it is baseline for the contaminants that can yes, go into the oil. Exactly. Everyone's THC levels, for whatever reason, are different. So I feel like you can pay for a THC percentile of what you're going to get. So it's really how your body metabolizes the THC. It's the percentile. But as far as adding something into your vape oils or things of the sort, that's going to really be the safety guard of the labs. Now, it has to be noted that Big Tobacco has the money. They've got the labs. They've got... So does the beverage industry. I mean, yeah, they could all, they could all pretty much. But you know what, Meryl, now that I think about it, not to interrupt you, but not to interrupt you at all, but being a pioneer that's been in cannabis all these years and carrying a collective on my back, I don't have the same funding or whatever because they stayed in liquor and in pills and they made all their money doing that. So now that they've made all their money, they're going to take their money that they've made, they're generated that was green, that didn't go through 280E. Now they're going to funnel it back into cannabis so that they can exponentially have their money work for them. But it's going to be at the cost of what I've done for the past 12 years. Yeah, we're not thrilled by this. You know, I remember years ago, decades ago, hearing that the big tobacco companies had patented, copyrighted a lot of names for, um, you know, for legitimate um, cannabis cannabis products, cannabis, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. reefers, basically. Um, that you know that the, they would have their you know instead of Winston it would be Maui Waui, but they they had they had copyrighted them all. They were just waiting for the day. So as far as I can tell, they've been ready. Oh, they're re- ready, for and decades. believe me, they're collecting up all their little notches in their belt or whatever. They'll be here getting these five A licenses and things of that sort from the state um, when the time comes for them. They I feel like they're very quiet intentionally. That's how that's very quiet because the beverage industries are doing it like um, at a bigger, I get a bit, you're picking up a newspaper every day and whether it's Coke or it's Molson or it's Corona or it's Coors or whatever, all these tobacco, all these alcohol companies are coming into the business. Now, I think I had sent along to you a story um, from the other day from uh, about a, a tobacco farm in Kentucky that has switched over to hemp. Because tobacco just wasn't selling as well. And you can hemp grow a was. lot of hemp and it's easy to grow and it's a huge yield. They were using the old tobacco aging um, barns uh, for hemp aging. They were doing, they were doing pretty much They're everything the same. And drying, yeah, drying and curing. And you went, well, in Kentucky, isn't Mitch McConnell from Kentucky? Do I remember yes, correctly? Yes, sir. I guess, I guess that's, that's probably why helped he's, he's, That's helped him as well as getting the bourbon where he can sell it between states. Yeah. He took the hemp. He was the one that, that backed the hemp farm bill. So, so he treats the state pretty well. And if, um, if 
his state is producing hemp, uh, it's going to be every Wait, place. Wait, Kentucky was the one of the largest hemp farms. I guess they went from thoroughbred horses, which wasn't doing so well for them because of the tax structure. Then people were against alcohol, and I guess bourbon. People weren't drinking as much bourbon. So he reinvented himself and came up with hemp. Can't blame a man, a, a nice Republican guy, providing a new business. No, and uh, of course, you know, he could argue, well, I'm just making it so people can make rope, right? Just He can make rope, he can make houses, he can make clothing, <laughs> and he can make your CBD that you're going to take every single day, 25 milligrams, because, Meryl, that's part of your lifestyle now. And can I imagine that the day will come when um, this won't have to be a cash business anymore either? This will be, you know, as, as those big companies that get into it. That might be a whole nother podcast for you there, Meryl. Banking and cannabis. Yeah. I think that you might want to do that on another podcast. We I'm can. I just, I just always let people know, you know, it's cash only. You just have to know that. Because I'm sure you have people There's walking ways. in. Well, then you have to think about how is this brand paying for their advertising? They're delivering a truck full of cash yeah. at the other end. There's a whole slew of conundrums that come out of cannabis but it it will be look i hope i hope i don't shuffle off this mortal coil too soon to see where they're going to take it because it's going to be infuriating but perhaps very creative it's very if you're me and you're standing in my shoes you're very exhausted you're very tired because you're taking something that you knew and you understood and you grew with it because when i came into cannabis i knew nothing about the cannabis whatsoever. So you could be a brick or a sponge, and I had to learn. But I surrounded myself with what I thought was the best cultivator in the business. He taught me that. I surrounded myself with the guy that created SC Labs. He taught me all the different strains and what strains were gonna be good for what ailments. You know, I have the attorneys that represent probably the elite of the elite um, in cannabis because they came from the medical field. So all the way around, I'm like protected or blessed, however you want to say it, because I wanted to learn. So it's not, I just had them fix it or tell me what to do. They actually taught me. And how many people in this world really take the time to learn something? And are, what's, you, are you seeing more and more people from deep in the medical fields who are beginning to dabble, they begin to look into it? They, 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 they are believing yes, this a lot, is the I have future. a lot of people questioning. I mean, if you opened my email, there's probably 500 to 1,000 emails that come in every day, and I have to just go through oh and God. pull what I really want and delete the rest so that I don't forget. So it's an honest mistake when I don't when I forget to email you back. But you'll see so many products coming to market, and it's kind of the way they're presented or the format behind them, what their history is, what their footprint has been back um, in these two worlds. I can tell you when I made the crossover to CBD World to make the skincare line, it was like so easy for me, but when I walked into a room and it was the CBD room, everyone was so excited because Miss THC walked in. So, and I understood. So I was really lucky and fortunate, but on the other hand, I'm the pioneer and I've got 12 years of doing this where, where we, they took away our manufacturing of edibles right now at this time. We just reinvented ourselves and created the skincare because we didn't have to have all the licenses. I knew how to get certified isolate to make different products i knew how to source it i know what documents come with it so it's an easy thing for me to to jump over that that hurdle but other people don't have that background you know cbd is so much the buzz right now mm -hmm. 
that I can, can we even see THC being to fade into the background? Some kind of fade in the background. You're going to always need the THC because just that little bit is going to exponentially help your CBD. The entourage effect, yes. And as you're seeing corporations come in, um, people are shifting to the CBD because it has less um, hurdles to jump through and regulations. It's less regulated, so it's easier, so to speak. And so they can make money quicker on the CBD part of the business. And a lot of them are spinning off a CBD wellness brand. And there we get into a, a bit of a confusion in the products we looked at last week from Papa and Barkley. Um, some of them are one to three CBD. Well, here it is. Well, Papa and Barkley, and he started with a great starting point and foundation was was to get you involved with a balm, a transdermal type yeah. product. And because he infused that product with THC, he was trying to make the assumption that that was going to help it send in your blood system help the CBD transfer through your blood system when it's going transdermally like that. I'm I kind of am from the the thought of if you're going to use something transdermally, you're going to go through the seven layers of skin. So really what you're treating is those capillaries and things that are at the surface to your skin that surround where you're putting that pain on that cream. What we're trying to do is get you to understand that at certain ratios, you're not going to be high. You're not going to have that psychoactive effect. So what we're doing is getting you introducing THC into your body and then if you can microdose it in small amounts while you're taking your CBD your CBD is just going to work for you that much more effectively we talked about the neuro sensor plates that surround the neuro the the stuff in there saying how CBD would be able to help with like your dementia and your remembering things like that it's because it's going back to maybe add another layer we're talking about science that I don't know about. Now, I have a question for you. This is a serious question. Someone can't just be like, oh, I'm going to use it once today. CBD? Yeah. And CBD get- needs to be a lifestyle. It's like if we're going to really be on board, find something that you do every day. You're not going to change your behavior. Right. But you can't so, go to your friend's house, try it once, no. and be like, hey, I'm a believer or not. You've got to incorporate no, you it might, into your life. Say, right. If you use a transdermal cream, you may find you'll see some immediate satisfaction from that some immediate results from that but if you're going to put it into your system it's like this is sometimes why i'm not the tincture girl is because you take one medicine dropper i don't feel anything i don't feel anything you're gonna take another medicine all you're doing is putting more cbd into your body what your body can't absorb you're gonna piss out okay i think i gotta i gotta hurry up and get home and get my daily dose (laughs) i think i missed i haven't taken anything today you're not good for high on the hog my lifestyle is not is not working but i want to get back to one of the questions i asked before because some of the products were one to three cbd to thc some were three to one cbd it depends on which way you're gonna go 30 to one Right, that's CBD to THC, so and you're putting it's, more sweet. I, it's it's for someone starting out. Pop and Barkley is certainly a, a reliable product, one of the most reliable. But how do you know which one you want? How the heck that's do you That's why know? you come into a place where people can answer your questions. You'll never be able to buy the THC online and have them shipped to you because of state lines. Um, I think cannabis will always be a state's rights issue, like abortion is a state right, state's right issue. People can sit there and try to get the federal government out of cannabis so that you can have banking and operate a business like a real business because you still have to pay taxes and things of that sort. But when you go to and you look at a 30 to 1 tincture, you've got 30 CBD to 1 THC. So you're really trying to microdose your 
your THC and you're going to use your that little bit of THC is going to help the CBD get absorbed into your blood system so it works and functions for you better if you're going to do a three to one which is three CBD to one that's obviously a higher ratio of THC that's going to go into your body so you may feel that a little more now if you flip on the flip side and go three to one THC to one CBD that's going to have more psychoactive effect, but that CBD is going to be in that dose for you, which is going to be the ailing and healing property that you want in your body. See, I, I still have my doubts that when it's a topical, that you will have psychoactive. I mean, you're I know not you going to have psychoactive. Me. You're not going to have psychoactive because you're only getting those capillaries and things that are at the top of your skin. How is that going to even get through your body to yeah. get to your head to give you a psychoactive so effect? So the one to three, which is a... Anything you do transdermally is not going to make you... Okay. Not going to get you high. I'll okay. stay by... You may test positive for marijuana in your system, but you're not going to have a psychoactive effect. Okay, so I, I won't be able to play Blame baseball. it on the poppy bagels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, Blame it on the poppy. You know that's a true story. Yes. The, um, the poppy bagels that right. um, you know, make you test but positive. But you're not going to... Transdermally, you're not going to get high. Um, okay, so you know, actually, that explained a great deal there of, of how to do it because the numbers do seem at first daunting and confusing. They are, go- and I will tell you, and not to cut you off, Joanne, that when you go into collectives and you have people helping you and they don't understand, they think it's stronger. Stronger, stronger is not the right adjective to use when going thirty to one, three to one, one to three, because stronger. That doesn't make sense. It's like your Vicodin can be extra strength. It can be like 200 milligrams. It can be 500 milligrams. It can be extra strength. I'm, you know, I'm not the big pill person, so I can't tell you in exact milligrams. But even if you look like, look at a Tylenol, you can get 200 milligrams, 250, 500, 800, depending on if you got pharmaceutical um, Tylenol or if you got it over the counter. What's fascinating to me is you're so much more knowledgeable than any doctor I've gone to, like, to talk about this. I have had friends who've had, you know, cancer, and they'll go to their doctor's appointment, and the doctor has no input on anything from THC to CBD. You know, and they'll you crack up laughing. My brother, when we opened the CBD store, I sent him the invitation. He called me. He's a cardiothoracic surgeon in L.A. Mm-hmm. Calls me on the phone <laughs> and says, what's CBD? I didn't even know what to do with the phone. I just like said, I have to call you back. And I just put the phone down because I didn't know how to answer. His kids smoke, we have smoked weed, whatever. They're 20 and 21 years old. I didn't introduce them to weed, so I can't own that, okay? But for him who you're talking about, a doctor, right. it's like, what is CBD? I'm like, where have you been? Like, Well, they don't teach that. You can now guess go what? back. That's in the stock pages right. now. now. Now, if you open a newspaper, you want to buy stock, you know, whatever. You want it to be THC, CBD. I mean, those are the companies people are looking at. You can't run away from not asking the question, what is CBD or having heard of what is CBD? I'd love to read more about like the continuing education these doctors have to do um, and see what kind of cannabis uh, education is available They're to not them. doing any right now because of their liability insurance. Right. And because it's not federally okay to do, they're not going to touch it. They have so many other liabilities in this world that it's easier for them just to stay dumb when it comes time to cannabis, right. which is sad. You'll find your unique doctors that are not practicing anymore they will really step up for cannabis and what it can do and help. But a practicing physician, I can't say that they're going to do it. I will tell you, if you go to Cedars, the pain, pain clinic that's at Cedars-Sinai, 
they know because they send a million patients to us. Right. And the people will get ready to have back surgeries will come and buy vape pens, pain pens, or to, you know topicals and things of that sort. And where they're supposed to be down for like two weeks, they're up in three or four days. I can't wait till you have a little shop inside Cedars. I can't wait either. You can have to look it up. That's in Beverly Hills. And may I remind you that those of us who came up, you know, rolling a joint and, um, you know, buying nickel bags and all that, we had no idea. They're dime bags now. It's like you used to buy a nickel's worth of candy too, right? (laughs) Thank you. Um, But we had no idea. I mean, THC was something maybe a few of us had heard of, but very few. We had no idea what was in it. It was just like... Yeah, stuff's kind of harsh, a little, little harsh, a little, or it was like, yeah, this is um, mellow, it's good. You know, hey, I'm so stoned. But we had no idea. See, and I didn't grow up with any of that. I never, we marijuana no was idea. never the drug of my choice. But, you know, you could, um, I mean, even going to places like Amsterdam, where it's been legal for so long, you walk through the streets, and just, you go into cafes, and just breathing deep, and you're going to get a nice contact high. So, but we had no idea what we were doing. And what you're giving us here, what we're getting, or we're taking happily, is this education in, in, in chemistry, in something we knew nothing about. We had no idea. It's, it's like, it's as if you were to tell me about the, the compounds that are inside the hummus that I like to eat. Well, I don't know what's in the hummus. I know it's, 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 it's garbanzo beans. And That's it's, all you know, it is. You know, it's some, some tahini and some olive oil. I don't know what's in there, nor do I particularly, you know, need to know what's mm-hmm. in there. It's it's not necessary. I went out for sushi last night. You know, do I know what the fish has been eating before it was fed to me? I, I like to believe well, it was a good fish. if you were vegan, you would know exactly what you were eating. Food from the from the ground. So does grass-fed mean they've been eating marijuana? <laughs> that's very cool, because I was thinking, oh, maybe I should switch to grass-fed beef. But that's very cute. You know, and I, let me remind you that um, we're, what we're talking about here is exclusively a vegan product. It is also, I, you've encountered... It's a vegan product, so I get it in the kitchen. Then I can make it anything you want it to be. We've also encountered the world of kosher um, right. cannabis, which is, you know, I sort of brings up the interesting question, and why wouldn't it be kosher? I'm not sure what there is about it it's that's not kosher. It's got to do kosher. with how religious you are, and if you could find bugs in the flower, things of that sort, that to work. Bugs live in flowers. Well, that's the whole thing. So, But <laughs> once you distill it, once, if you're smoking it, you're not eating it, technically. And if you're going to put it through a machine and ex- do an extraction, then you're not having that problem either. Believe me, and I mean no disrespect to anyone that's kosher, but everyone picks and chooses the rules and bobble that they want to go down with and that they want to believe in. So depending on what how how um, stringent you are in your kosher laws as to whether or not you will just smoke cannabis because you're going to burn whatever there is or are you going to ingest it and eat it, and you're going to make it with uh, kosher products? Last year, the chief rabbi of Israel declared that artichokes were not kosher. That's because you could find a bug. Because you could find a bug, yes. And this caused much consternation because there's been a dish around for the last 500 years or so called... um, uh, Artichoke spinach dip. (laughs) Called Carciofi Judaica, Mm -hmm. Jewish artichoke, which is an Italian dish. Well, they're from Jerusalem. And and, and, and uh, that's Jerusalem artichoke, slightly different. Uh, But, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
if if artichokes can't be eaten because they have a bug in them, nor can any salad. Which is like when during Passover time, you'll find a lot of religious people won't eat, say, romaine lettuce because the bugs can go down into that lettuce. They'll have lettuce that's already cut and washed before they even bring it into their house for that reason. Luckily, for the most part, cannabis in as many forms does not bring up a lot of issues like that at all. We've just found ways to just bulldoze through those and, right. and do them. Because when we were making edibles, we were making kosher edibles at the same time. And they just weren't licensed kosher edibles. But what we were doing was finding a rabbi that would give us, you know, the blessing on it. And as long as in the beginning, when I first started talking to him about it, he was wanting to open up every bag of trim to see if there was a bug in trim. And I'm like, you, I don't know how to do this because it's really dry trim. But then once we started going to the extraction methods and he saw all the different ways and the sterilization of it and the cleanliness of it, that that was really the best way to get an edible that you could be ingested that way would be through using a distillate or a CO2 oil. It gets so complicated right. for and the those of people, us who are just happily eating a lozenge. Right. That's like food in general. <laughs> I mean, a kosher person's just going to end up in a kosher restaurant or in their own house because it's a, a sense of community for them. Stoners are going to sit in their own group and sit around and be comfortable in their social arena. I mean, everyone has their own culture. Now, I am very fond, speaking of edibles, of the mints. I'm very fond of if they're the... They're two and a half milligram mints. Uh, very easy to control, and they're tasty. I'm fond mm-hmm. of the chocolates. Um, uh, I, I know my family is fond of the lozenges. Uh, is there something more popular that we're missing? I love... I recently got one that's like an, a spray for under your tongue. Okay. A tincture, but it's a, it was a spray But that it's I not chocolate. It. No. See, with the chocolate, you get to eat chocolate. It was, very, it was very flavored. We have truffles. We have pistachio truffle chocolates, some caramel chocolates. Then I had some great brownies that just showed up. The thing that's hard for people to get that taste out of is sometimes the hard candy is to get that distillate taste out of the hard candy. But it really goes back to you are what you eat, and your product is as good as the ingredients you put into it. You're going to use real butter, or you're going to use butter with canola oil. So we, we are fond of C's candy. Can we see the day when we can see C's candy producing a CBD product? If they get approval from the FDA, you keep bringing food and the FDA back on the same page. And the federal government is not matching, mating, integrating whatsoever with THC or CBD at any time right now. Be grateful that you have the food that's coming through THC in the Bureau of Cannabis Control because they don't have the watch over that. Be grateful be that we're in California. Let's be grateful for that. That's a double-edged sword for some people. Oh, okay, yes. Um, <laughs> um, we, we live in a land where... We are free to choose. Where we are free to choose and where the choices exist That's and right. we are grateful. I mean, to go into one of your stores, into the uh, K-Town Collective or into the Antidote Next Door... And as you've said, people walk in and they just stand there amazed by the number of products, of choices, the number of options, the products. Um, and you have, I guess we could say fairly, a fraction of what's out there. Have a fraction. It's, 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 we've it's, turned away a lot more than we've taken in, I'll tell you that. so much. It's an amazing world. 
And it's a miraculous world. I will say that flat out. It's a miraculous thing that I'm still here in this world. <laughs> it's Meryl Schindler. It's Janice Hardoon from the K-Town Collective and The Antidote. It's, um, um, it's, it's uh, I'm thinking of a good title, um, Cannabis Connoisseur and Consultant. And advertising maven, um, you can contact her if you'd like to advertise on the show on our uh, Instagram. Instagram page, uh, where you'll find you'll find everything you need to know. So, Meryl Schindler, High in the Hog, the podcast. Thank you, Phil Giangrande, for being here for us. We'll be back.